Chaske, how is your day going aside from answering the same questions over and over and over again? <laughs> it's going really it, it's just starting. So I'm you got me really fresh right now. Score. <laughs> I'm pumped up. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you. I've seen so many of your projects, and you're kind of hard to pigeonhole as an actor. Like oh, thanks. drama, thrillers, all over the place in a good way. Haven't seen a lot of comedy from you. Are we gonna get comedy in the future? I think you will. I think uh, I think you'll really be happy with the uh, the Marvel Echo series. I get a little. I get to get the funny out a little bit in that show. <laughs> there is a lot of buzz about that show, but hey, we are here to talk about the English. When yes. did you actually film it? I want to say two, maybe two years ago, two summers ago. It was right during the height of the pandemic. Uh, I want to say we filmed it the summer of twenty twenty. Wow. Okay. That's a good guess. <laughs> was it all filmed in the same spot? Yeah, we would be filmed it in Spain, and uh, our home base was Madrid. But we went around the other villages around Madrid. I went to Adathway, and there's another town, but I cannot pronounce it. And I don't want to do that to them. <laughs> was that your first time filming in Spain? Yes, it was. Yeah, I've been there a few times for film festivals, but that was the first time I actually set foot in the Spanish countryside and spend a long quality time there. Not a bad deal when you get paid to travel like that. So yes. congratulations on Thank pulling you. that one off. Uh, <laughs> general question here, the English, was there a highlight for you in being part of the series professionally? Yeah. Yeah. I would say just filming, just filming the whole thing and playing a character like Eli, uh, you know, as a kid growing up, you always want to play that type of character, you know, the badass, strong, silent type. And, you know, it, I was very fortunate this character came along and I you know, get to fulfill some of those childhood dreams. <laughs> well, that actually leads to something I was curious about. Uh, is there much Eli in you, the human being? Not so, I wish. I wish I was like him. You know, I, I wish I was that badass. Unfortunately, uh, that's my badass sticks to like video games. <laughs> um, when you have a role like that, where do you pull the inspiration from? Are there particular characters or actors you model after? No, I, I well, we looked at uh, uh, Paul Newman's Ombre, which is a character that's loosely based on that. So I watched that right off the bat, and I was pretty blown away by the film because I've never seen it before, but I'd heard so much about it. Uh, characters I pulled from, I started doing my research on the Pawnee and the Scouts, but then I started going to... Uh, because uh, Eli is a veteran, I, I looked at, started looking at uh, Vietnam vets and some Iraq vets and started doing interviews. And I know just growing up in the towns that I grew up in, you know, I was surrounded by a lot of those people. And so I pull a lot from uh, experiences of talking with them or, you mm -hmm. know, by luck hanging out with them. And uh, I always felt that Eli was a veteran. Uh, also, um, I kind of pictured him as a biker. If he was around today, he'd be on his, you know, Chrome Hall going up through the Dakotas. <laughs> well, last question before I let you go. Obviously, this is the best show on Amazon Prime Video. What's the second best show? Do you have a recommendation? I like, uh, right now, I'm watching, hold on, Open Range. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I get that confused with, with, is that Open Range or Strange Range? Uh, I, I don't have much time to sit and uh, watch uh, TV, but that's the the Josh Brolin series. That's 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 a good series with Tom Pelfrey. Yeah, my boy Tom Pelfrey. He's a great actor. Good guy too. Well, thank you very much for your time. Looking forward to Echo. Looking forward to whatever's oh, coming next from you, whether thanks, man. you're playing the strong and silent type or not. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Outro cast.
Christian, Martin, Martin, Christian. Uh, what are you drinking there, Christian? I, I'm curious. I, I'm still in the coffee part of the day. Oh, uh, yeah, Reposado. Okay. No. <laughs> I would, if you if it was Reposado, I would then say, what's the brand? And you can get the endorsement. Right, no. Yeah. Just water? Just water. Yeah. And Martin, uh, looks like you're having coffee. That's right. What's that written on your coffee cup there? That is... Uh... It's a that's a tea god in in memorial cup. One of them in memorial. It's from my mom. Um, you know, one of yeah. So got it. Well, it's it's uh she gave it to me and it's it's just a cup from my village in my hometown Alaska. You know, so that's fantastic. You're keeping it all. <laughs> it's a relic. It's a relic. <laughs> a, fa a family heirloom. They're gonna make you a mayor in the near future, I'm sure. But I'll I'll throw the first one to Christian. Christian. Actor and director on this particular project, which one came first? Oh, actor came first. Uh, originally, it was going to be Jason directing, um, and uh, this is this was a passion project for Jason for a while. And then we got closer and closer to production, and Jason's uh, schedule just got so crammed he he couldn't do it. So he basically gave me the same order that he gave Martin, just basically saying, "You're going to do it." <laughs> and so we did it. Well, that was going to be my follow-up question. As in, Martin, how did you wind up on this project? Was it a traditional casting thing, or Jason said, hey, do this? Um, yeah, no, I hung out with Jason uh, in, uh, and uh, after we hung out, and he called me and he said, you're going to do this movie. And I said, okay. <laughs> That's how he does things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the so, credits say story by Jason, but obviously that's an understatement to his overall contributions to the project. That's the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, he was the he was a you know, he he was the one to put it all together, really. You know, yeah. And, he was the, and, the guy yep. behind the curtain. My yep. last Jason question before I move on here. I saw a video of him recently jamming with Les Claypool from Primus. He seems like one of these people who has all these hidden talents that we don't know about. Is that the case? Oh, I, I think you know about all. Maybe he's yeah, yeah, yeah. social media. <laughs> yes, yeah. he's jamming with everybody, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, now I know. So, Christian, as I mentioned before, actor, writer, director, producer, multifaceted career that you got going. Was the whole plan from the beginning to be a director, though? For myself? Yes. No, I come from fourth, fourth generation actor. You know, my great grandmother was in Spanish speaking vaudeville out of, you know, Mexico. My grandfather was uh, Spanish speaking and then went into movies and radio and my mom, my aunt. So that was our family business. And then um, had I had more of a kind of choice in my life, because it felt like that was the family business I had to do, I probably would have gone straight to directing. Yeah. Yeah. But I, am, I, I love I love theater. I love the classics. I love all sorts of things. It's, it's a little bit of spoiled for choice, you know? Makes sense to me. Martin, in your case, fantastic credits with Yellowstone and et cetera, et cetera. But for you, are you eventually positioning yourself to direct and produce or is on screen where you want to be? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love acting. I love, I love, I love the craft of acting. Um, but that's that, you know, I, I would love to direct one day for sure. Producing, as for producing, I'm already producing. I've produced a couple of projects already, so I have some more in the works. Um, and and uh, yeah, so that's 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 a something that I never planned to do, but it just kind of evolved, and and uh, the opportunity arose, and I took it. So 
Um, but directing, yeah, that's, you know, like Christian, you know, he said he does, he, I want to do theater and stuff like that. Like, yeah, uh, he's, I'm trying to get to that level. I want to, I want one of my kids' kids' kids to be fourth generation actors, you know, <laughs> I, I love it. It's an awesome, it's my favorite job I've ever done. <laughs> in terms of storytelling it's about storytelling you know it's, it's like it's like where 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 can we have the most impact as a storyteller you know and if it means right. writing or directing or producing or being an actor actor feels more visceral you know mm -hmm. personally but you know it's about storytelling that's what it's about speaking to the fourth generation tag there christian the nelsons gunner and matthew nelson from the band nelson nelson they're third generation I can't think of a fourth generation acting family. Are you the only ones out there? <laughs> I wish I could say I was the only one. I'm sure there are more. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was like window makers and uh, whatever. I mean, you know, that's how families used to work. You know, um, you just did, did, the, did the same job, you know, and that was our job. And it was a working class acting family, you know, and Stories were a big part of my grandfather and great grandmother's culture. You know, I mean, as as in Martin's in the Native American world, storytelling is was how you survive. You know, it was how you gave you lessons of survival. And I think that's why it's so important to me not to just take it for granted and not just to sort of, you know, tell stories to the lowest common denominator or play down to an audience. You you need to bring an audience up. You need to educate. You need to raise because that's literally how we're going to sort of survive, in my opinion is by elders and other stories to teach and educate. Hmm. Mm. I oh. couldn't tell from just watching this film. And of course, we're here to talk about The Last Manhunt. It's me who sidetracked the whole conversation into mm. career aspirations. But <laughs> where was The Last Manhunt filmed? These days you can't tell because it seems like everyone has the desert film set, the Western film set, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, it seems like... Uh... Joshua Tree in particular is such a, um, a hipster kind of place to shoot. Um, and yet, you know, I've been out here since 2006. Um, and uh, this story, Willie Boy, actually happened in Joshua Tree, California, Yakub, Morongo Basin, this whole area. Um, so this is a story that actually generated and, and, and actually lived and breathed in this land that everyone is doing their skincare line commercial from. You know, um, and so, so you know, we we chose to shoot the movie here, you know, not, not just put plates up and do studio, but we actually are actually on the ground doing <clears throat> really unique locations, you know, uh, that we found, which are not actually open to the public and you cannot actually shoot your skincare commercial on. I mean, these are really like, some of these are really sacred lands that we got access to because of the nature of the project. Is, is that near Pioneer Town? Uh, it is near Pioneer Town. Yep. Mm -hmm. Pioneer Town, Yucca, Joshua Tree. Yeah, all around. Martin, had you filmed anywhere near here before on prior projects? Um, no, no, not, <laughs> not, 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 not. no. I've wow. I filmed up in like I filmed in like other interesting places in California, like the Russian River or Pinnacle. You know, Pinnacles National Park. I've filmed there before. I've, but I've, you know, like Southern California, uh, it's always been on, you know, either a ranch or a studio, movie ranch or a studio. Um, but this is the first time, you know, being out in the desert and it was incredible. 
amazing. Yeah. Fantastic to hear that you filmed in a unique place like that. I'm finding, and you guys could tell me if I'm wrong on this, very few things are filming in traditional midtown Manhattan, New York, or Los Angeles on the lot these days, that it's actually on the set in alternative places these days. Yeah, I mean, you can thank tax credits for that, you know, so they can yeah. go in a whole whole conversation about tax credits. But um, uh, yeah, I think it's it's also just like, you know, stories are starting to get out into the country, into nature, into the place where it's set, you know, and also has a lot to do with technology because technology is, you know, much easier now. You know, you're not lugging around a 35 millimeter, you know, camera that's weighs a ton, you know, so it's 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 easier to do. Well, down to the last two questions here for both of you, and they should be quick and relatively painless. Uh, the first one is, this is a Paramount-related project. Obviously, this is the best thing Paramount is putting out ever. We all know that. But is there a second Paramount-related project that you can recommend? And um, it's fine if the answer is no. Uh, Paramount Plus? Yes. Yeah, yeah, 1883, right? Yeah, there you go. I mean, come on. Which There's you played else. Sam in, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'll take 1883. And then the, the last question that I have for both of you. What's next? Now, throwing it to Martin here, there's a rumor that you're going to play Jim Thorpe in an upcoming role. Is that going to happen? Uh, we'll see. We will say, okay, <laughs> the embargo from the Hollywood Reporter, got it. Are you allowed to say anything that is coming up or is it all the last manhunt all the time for you? Last manhunt all day, November 18th, check it out. <laughs> In theaters on VOD, go see it, man. <laughs> and then throwing that same question at you, Christian, before I let you two go, what's coming up next? Because, hey, actor, producer, writer, director, fourth generation, megastar. <laughs> Are you allowed to say what's next? Or is it all the um, hunt all the time? You know, I, I'm going back to some roots uh, in January. I'm going to do a theater project in New York. And um, and then there are two projects that, again, are under the seal of secrecy, uh, just to see if, you know, no one wants to say it's happening until it actually happens. So. Yeah, so there's two other things, but I'm I'm sort of going back to uh, to to the gym I call it, which is theater for me. Yeah, yeah, stand up comics that are huge have their workout rooms where they yeah. try out material to tiny clubs. Actors mm -hmm. have theater, musicians I guess have jam nights. I get it. You two are yeah. craft oriented folks. Yeah, yeah, you got to stick with it. Well, thank you both for your time, and looking forward to whatever is to come, no matter the medium for both of you. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Outrocast. Well, my first question for both of you, and I'll throw it to Waleed first. When did you know that the show was going to be coming back for a season two? You know, I didn't, and this is embarrassing, but I didn't even know about Gangs of London until I got the audition because it just, you know, with everything going on with the pandemic and, and it, it not being as big of a, of a thing here in the U.S. I mean, like, you know, I just didn't. So anyway. Um, I, right after I sent in my tapes, I asked to see season one and then instantly I just became a huge fan of the series. And I was like, wow. Um, and even before I even got the episodes, I, while I was waiting for them, I was just started Googling the show and I saw all these interviews from the creators and the stars. And I was just like, I just fell in love with everybody. So 
I just couldn't wait to jump in and be a part of this incredible, you know, to join the gangs. Same question at you. Sorry for the lack of an original question. For me? Okay, so, well, I was in gang, uh, in, in season one. Um, yes. How it happened for me, it was very funny because I met Car uh, Kelly Hendry, the casting director, like a year prior to Gangs in London being cast. And she told, like, we had this lovely meeting and she told me about the project. She was like, oh, I'm casting this project. There was a role, her name is Lale. She's like super badass. I think you'd be perfect for it. And I was like, oh, wow, that sounds amazing. Cause I'm a big Sopranos fan and, you know, yeah. God, all that. So, <laughs> oh my God, what a dream. And then, you know, as an actor, you, you hear things and then you're like, okay, in and out. You don't want to think about it because you don't want to go there too many times. It doesn't happen. So, um, and then literally a year later, I get the audition request and I'm like, wow, she really rem uh, remembered. And um, I auditioned and I got the part. And the rest you know? is history. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> history yes two quick questions and then i'll let you both go uh first one, this is a very dramatic action-packed show but who's the funniest person in the cast because of course when they say cut some jokes have to happen hmm. oh, from season one and two i would say right yes for me joe cole he is so funny oh my god he should be a comedian like he could he could be a comedian, this guy. He is so funny. Waleed, same question at you. You know, I'd have to agree, honestly. Joe and I really, really hit it off. And we have a very similar, sick, you know, weird sense of humor. And we just had so much fun. And it was like all the stuff that was happening between the takes. Um, um, and um, yeah, I mean, Joe, for sure. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, we'll go with Joe if both of you are in agreement there and the last question before I let you go obviously Gangs of London is the best show on AMC plus we know that it's a fact but what's the second best show on AMC plus for both or either of you um get that network corporate synergy going okay so is is so the Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul mm -hmm. that falls into the yeah yeah I'm a huge fan of Breaking Bad. Uh, uh, I'm a huge fan of The Walking Dead, the, the first three seasons, which I had seen, and then I kind of fell off. But Better Call Saul, I'm now catching up, and I'm like in season three, and I'm like a huge, huge fan. Um, so yeah, it kind of is a tie between those three. Yeah, I agree. Those three. Breaking Bad for me is number one, for sure. And then there was this other show about the, um, I forgot the title. Sorry, but hey, um, those are great recommendations. And I thank you both for your time and hope to see you both in a season three. No spoilers, no spoilers. I appreciate that you are representing the brand for the interview. How much oh, NWA yeah. do you have at home? Um, enough to wear a new shirt every day of the week and probably enough sweatshirts to look like that I wear a new one every day. <laughs> that is definitely impressive. A uh, big show coming up, Hard Times. Excited, I have to assume, to be part of that show. Oh, yeah, super excited. Yeah. Uh, tell us more, the people besides myself. What are you doing as part of Hard Times? So uh, on Saturday night, I'm going to be challenging TV Richards for his MLW National Openweight Championship on the pay-per-view. Um, right. I'm super excited for that. 
Now, I'm excited to see that in action because your career has been very exciting for me to follow. I was at some of those Ring of Honor shows where you were the young boy and like, oh, who is this guy? You're a grizzled old veteran at this point. What are you, 25? And you have like more experience than everyone? 26, actually. 26. <laughs> uh, yeah, 26. I've been wrestling for 13 years. So uh, my half my life at this point ha has been in our side of wrestling ring. Yeah, you have been going around the world, young boy, young lion, properly on television now. Did you know that you were going to get to this level when you first started? Uh, I never I never expected to get to this level, but I always hoped that I would get here one day. And uh, it feels like it really does feel like a, a, dream, a dream come true, being able to, to do wrestling as a full time job and be able to provide for my family with wrestling. It. That's literally all I've ever wanted. Like uh, when I was a kid, I didn't want to, my dream wasn't to main event WrestleMania or uh, get signed to WWE. It was just to be able to make a living through professional wrestling. And I'm doing that right now. So couldn't be happier. Yeah, that reminds me of the punk rock DIY indie approach to things where you know that not every band is playing arenas and theaters. Some bands are playing, uh, what do you, like the VFW halls, the matinee shows and all that but they're earning a living. And then over time, that band, that independent band becomes a rightful headliner on their own end, kind of like you. A hundred percent. Like I'm super big into the music scene and uh, like I'm big into like pop punk and a lot of emo bands that if you don't listen to those genres, you probably wouldn't know a lot of the bands I did. But when I go to these shows, even though they're not mainstream per se and they're not people the shows that the general public would like, I go to these shows that there's a thousand, two thousand people there. There's 500 people there. Like, and it, it that's how it feels like independent wrestling is to me. I'm not just wrestling in front of 10 to 20 people every time. Like we have giant crowds and uh, uh, it might not be as big as WWE crowds or AEW crowds, but there's, there's just to be able to make your living from a performance art. It's, it's, it's a very uh, cathartic experience. My word's not yours. Some of those crowds are as big as the SmackDown crowds and the AEW dark crowds. <laughs> if oh, if yeah. you look at the hard cam shots of some of that stuff. So you're selling yourself a little short there about some of the crowd sizes that you are wrestling in front of. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. I've, uh, I think the biggest crowd that I've ever wrestled in front of was uh, like 5,000 people at yeah. one like one point that is not a, a number to shake a stick at that that's a very large amount of people in any in any sport uh, or any event it's it's awesome so something i mentioned earlier was the first time that i saw you i think was hammerstein ballroom show in new york and we didn't know what was true and what was not true and it was kind of the most brilliant storyline the he's the young boy he's the trainee he's the whipping boy of this whole thing i'm sure there's elements of truth to that but you portrayed that so convincingly that it was tough to know what was real what wasn't real oh 100 percent. like uh I, I the young boy thing it was kind of i feel like it was kind of a, a rib on me and as it, it was a, a rib on adam page before we like both of us were required to carry that bucket around uh through like through the airports every time we traveled and uh I don't know if you've ever seen the dimensions of that famous water bucket we've carried up close, but that does not fit in any luggage. It doesn't like you have to just walk around with a bucket when you're walking through the airport. It is a, it definitely felt like a rip at the time, but looking back, it is hilarious. When you're the victim of, for lack of a better term, hazing like that, 
Does that make you, when you get a certain point or age, want to do that or go as far away as humanly possible from doing that to other people? Um, I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like it's a blanket term because uh, I feel like my, my hazing was a lot like it, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't getting beat down or I wasn't getting like humiliated or abused or nothing. But uh, I, de I definitely think it taught me a bit of humility. So I, I wouldn't, I, I don't want to. I don't want to tell people that it's okay to go out there and, and harass the people, the new people and uh, wrestling or the frat houses or whatever. But I that a, a little bit of it goes, goes a long way to teaching respect for wrestling. Well said. So hearkening back to stuff, hard times is coming up, big matches coming up. And we see you evolve into somebody that we no longer think, hey, that's Steve's kid. We think, hey, that is Colby, a star in his own right. And NWA is a great ground where it's a mix of legends, the next big thing, people on the cusp, all that kind of stuff. Is that your favorite part of NWA or what is it if not? A hundred percent. The lot like the locker room and who I'm, I'm able to interact and work with is my favorite part of the National Wrestling Alliance. Like uh, it, it's a joy to be able to go to work on these weekends and be able to work with the, uh, my coworkers. Like I, there's, there's so much talent that I'm able to, uh, to be able to take advice from it and get, and have opportunities to listen to, to things that I wouldn't under, I wouldn't be able to. There's no, not many other shows I'm going to be on Trevor Murdoch or the Pope with, or Chris Masters. Like they, there's so much knowledge that that's right there that like, is it, it for someone like me who, who just loves professional wrestling and loves learning about professional wrestling? Like it's just like it's like a cornucopia of just knowledge right there, and that's it, my favorite part of it. And do you know any bookings that you have with NWA after hard times, or is that after that we'll see what happens? Oh no, I'm definitely with the NWA uh, after hard times. Uh, I don't think they've announced dates yet, so I don't want to put put stuff out there. But uh, this ain't my last appearance with the NWA by far. That is fantastic to hear. Life outside of the NWA, is there a interesting side hustle? Is there a side business or anything like that that we should know about? Actually, no. I, I'm 100% a full-time professional wrestler. And uh, uh, don't get me wrong, I do some, uh, do some other stuff like in the realm of professional wrestling. Um, I'm a professional wrestling trainer, too. Uh, I, like, I, I, work, I train at a school here in North Carolina do that about two or three days a week depending on my schedule um i make uh, merch my own merch like t-shirts and stuff i have a t-shirt press in my garage so i manufacture oh. all that stuff um my wife is a, a wonderful designer and artist so she does a lot of like art and gear designs for me so uh even though like i'm not at wrestling shows during the week i am always working on something wrestling related or i'm doing uh media stuff like like this one right here like so well, where I was going with that is the when you speak with a lot of wrestlers, when you ask that kind of thing, you don't know if you're going to get the answer. Of, oh, yeah, I've got a sports bar. You should come to it. Oh, I've got my microbrew line. Like when you talk to somebody like Gallows, the number of businesses that that guy has. I can only imagine. He, he's a, he, he knows how to work. <laughs> yeah. So long term, is just the full-time wrestling where you hope to be? Or will we see you acting and doing other things in the entertainment realm? 
Um, don't get me wrong. Like I, I love professional wrestling and I always want to be a part of it, but, uh, I always like, don't get me. I would love to expand my horizons too, but I don't think I'll ever leave wrestling. I don't think I'm ever going to turn into the rock to where, uh, I, I take off from wrestling for Hollywood. Um, but I might be a, a, a Miz where I'm shooting the Marine four or five or something all on the side, you know? Outro cast. <laughs>